Martina, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Alon. Hello, how are you? No, good to see you. How are you, Martina? I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Where are you today in Germany? You're not in Glasshütte, I assume. I'm not in Glasshütte, I'm at home. Actually, we are, most of us are working from home uh, uh, the, the, the biggest amount of time uh, in these days. But as you see, video conferences, Zoom, Skype, FaceTime. Makes it so I'm very, very happy to have you on the show. Um, by request of many viewers, they said, when is Nomos finally coming on the show? So here you are. Thank you so much. Um, we have many friends within Glasshütte, both in uh, uh, Nomos uh, and Berlino Blau. I'm very honored that you took the time to sit down with me. You are the head of international sales um, at Nomos, but I don't think that name does you justice. Because for us, you are Nomos and you do, I think, almost everything. Um, could you give maybe a short intro about yourself, though? Sure. Yeah. So my history with Nomos uh, is long. <laughs> Began actually already in 92 when the first watches, uh, uh, the first four models have been sold uh, in Germany. So Nomos was founded in 1990, uh, but the first watches were sold, the first four models in 92. Yeah. So I met our owner and founder, Roland Schwertner, uh, at that time, and I was still working in PR. And there was this uh, young guy, we were all young at that time. Um, so You're still very young. You're still very young. You're at the age of 15, I think. <laughs> You're into PR. Uh, I'm a watch manufacturer. Um, I need PR. Let's let's do something together. So that uh, very very on a very small scale uh, in the first few years, uh, I did the PR work for Nomos. That it was it was easy. Uh, you know, in the nineties after the fall of the wall, uh, Lange and Söhne had big uh, campaigns, um, two uh, two-page ads in in the biggest German newspaper every weekend. The legend uh, is back. Glashütte is, uh, is back. And uh, this kind of national pride of there is fine watchmaking again uh, from Germany uh, was something uh, in, uh, in our industry, in, in our country. And also the, the, the jewelers, they were, they were just, uh, they were just super, super happy. I, I imagine the first gatherings in Glashütte, uh, everybody came from everywhere, from the very south to the very north. They wanted to see that. And yeah, it was, it was uh, super uh, exciting the first years. Of course, Nomos was built from the scratch without uh, corporate or states money. So mm -hmm. everything was a, on a very small level, but, uh, but we made it. Uh, and um, yeah, that was my first, uh, I would say my first half in, in my normal life was the PR side. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, when everything was settled and we were on the way to our own movement and had a good retailer network in, uh, in Germany, we thought, what can we do outside of this country? Uh, let's have a look. And that... Uh, Actually, I was uh, the 
only one in the company uh, with some kind of proper English um, because in the East, you know, people didn't learn English in school, they learned Russian. So it, uh, and since everything was in Glashütte and, uh, and uh, most of our employees ca uh, came from, from this region, um, yeah, it was me to go out uh, into the world and see what we can do. Very, very uh, small at the beginning in the UK. And uh, because, okay, what do we have? We have English as language in, on the website, in the catalog. Let's do England because the US is too far and too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was the beginning of international sales. How long did it take for you guys to export? How many is from 92? Uh, actually, in, in, the, in the 90s, we didn't think very much about exporting. Mm -hmm. We were really, we were really, uh, we had enough to do with, uh, in Germany. Um, and uh, there were some requests from people who heard about the brand, but that was very, very little. And we only started to do this uh, uh, with a plan in, from, nine, from 2008 on. Okay. It took, it took time then. It's a young discipline in our company. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, anyways, in, in, in watchmaking years, you are still very young. And I think that makes you guys very fun, agile, and innovative. You know what? Um, we have all the same age in Glasgow. Every Everybody around here started in after the fall yeah. of the war, before yeah. the, the world was different. Yeah. yeah. But what but I think that... We, that we didn't kind of... Uh, we thought, okay, we are young. We we make watches we want to see on our own wrists. Uh, and why should we why should we pretend that we have a big history? The yeah. the, the destination, our destiny, our destination of origin has a, has a great history, but not our company. So we why pretend? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So you've you've been there quite some time. You're still there. I hope you never leave. Um, <laughs> I hope so. I <laughs> so, whomever is watching in the Glasgow, pay attention. Um, I have so many questions for you, and our viewers have many questions. But oh. before we even go there, we have to do a mandatory wrist check. What oh. are you wearing today? Um, I'm. Can you see that? Yes. Somehow? Yeah. Uh, this is somehow customized because it's a blue gold Zurich yeah. with the new sport bracelet. Stunning. I actually since I since I wear the since I have the bracelet, I I think very very rarely I put on a leather uh, a watch with a leather bracelet. I, I like it very much. Super comfortable and uh, yeah, I like the style. You see, it's normal style. It's no. It is, it is. And good news to all those viewers. Yes. We've been nagging Nomos for many years since they launched the straps, the two stainless steel straps. They are now available to be ordered loose as a loose strap. And you can do so at minimatical.com. So uh, we've uh, been processing quite some orders. And um, so 
the the the, the fan base is super happy. Um, so thank you for that, Martina. And I'm happy uh, that I put the right strap on for this little <laughs> ad. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but people really have been nagging us for many years. So uh, we salute you, and you did it in the normal way. The design is exceptional, satin finish, the technical achievement of your engineers, because I had a masterclass of one of your engineers that worked on the bracelet. Uh, the way they conceptualized it and they, the way they engineered it is amazing. Um, so that's super. Me, myself, I have six Nomuses in my personal collection, and I found it very difficult to choose one. So I racked my brain. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to put two one. And I had to go with the first collab we did together, yeah. which is the Orion a tribute to 100 years, the style, which I still love, grows on us. Um, today, we had the honor to make five already with you guys. Unbelievable. Years. All sold out very quickly. We're super proud. People are emailing us if they can still buy them. People are reselling them above list price, so we're super humbled. Ah. And... Good. Yeah, that's cool. And on my second wrist is, I think, the most beautiful Nomos ever. And I had the honor to pick it up in Glasshütte, which is the Lam Damping Gold. I utterly, utterly love this watch. And you guys dropped a big bomb this year. Whereas people have been asking for many years for a steel version, you guys did that this year honoring or celebrating the 175th anniversary of Glasset as a town. So those are the two I picked up today. It was um, 175 years watchmaking in Glasset. So 1845. So let's briefly talk about that because a lot of consumers get confused about Glasset. For those that don't know Nomos or Glasset, Glasset is a town in Eastern Germany. And Martina already gave an intro. They were isolated due to West and East Germany. There was a wall, that wall fell, opened up the markets economically as well, besides physically. Um, a quick reference I give to people, imagine Glasshütte is a town. So when Swiss watchmakers write Geneva on their dial, the Germans write Glasshütte. So it would have been, if Nomos was in Amsterdam, it would have been Nomos Amsterdam. Now, why people get confused, there is a brand. I believe there are 14 brands in Glasshütte, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's something around 10 or 11 now. So. Okay. All right. About. Just around a dozen. There's one that's called Glasshütte Original, and that's where people get confused. So they twist it around. The place is the name of the brand. And, and a lot of people think they're affiliated. There is no affiliation between the brands. Every of these dozen brands, plus mine, give or take one or two, are independent. And almost, as Martina said, is independent. It's an entrepreneur who started. The, 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 the name means law, right? Balance law. That's what exactly. means. It's ancient Greek and means something like law and orderly distribu distribution. Yeah. 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 And, and, and what people think that watchmaking is new in Germany, it isn't. Very old trade, profession, uh, métier. Um, and Glasshütte, as Nomo celebrated, and several other brands, They've been making watches for 175 years with a little intermezzo during the dark pages of history. And um, they've been amazing. And something that you guys honored is signature for Glasshütte as a town 
And the watchmaking tradition is three-quarter plates of the movements. You guys honor that as well, still today, although combining with contemporary design. And, 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 and something that I love is uh, uh, German Deutsche Silber, German silver. That's, that's a technique of finishing uh, the watches and the material you guys used. Uh, I love this watch, the front, because it's less is more. Uh, it's the most minimalistic, beautiful design, but the backside is stunning because you guys have the, in, in Dutch, we say Schwanhals, so the swan's neck for the regulating. Just in uh, Lambda and Lux, yeah. Yeah. The engraving, which is done by hand, very, very, very uh, traditional for the place. So little intro for those that don't know Glasuto or Nomos. Um, we at Team Ace love Nomos, first and foremost because of the people. Any business is people's business. You guys are fun. You guys are cool. You're laid back. Fun to work with you guys. I can so, just give these compliments back, Alan. Thank you. Please do. <laughs> and I assume you're going to forward this link later to the whole company on the internet. Um, <laughs> two, I think you guys make the most beautiful contemporary watches in the market today. We think so, too. Less is more. Uh, I am biased because I love Bauhaus, although you guys are linked to Bauhaus. That's, people get confused. Later on, I want to talk to you about the Deutsche Werkbund huh? um, and the DUW in your calibers, what that means. That's for later. Um, and what I find amazing is you guys aim and almost do everything in-house, designing calibers, watches, the movements, the cases almost, but you try to do as much as possible. But what blows my mind is the price quality ratio that you guys do it at. So there are a lot of things to love. Um, and I'm not objective because although we are not so long partners, because you were too busy, as we just heard, since 92 to 2008, you didn't even talk to anybody outside of Germany. And from 2008, you were too busy to answer our calls. So I think we've been dealers only for five years but we feel like decades um, and we love it so much. We, we have a dedicated blog, which I just highlighted, which is minimatical.com. And since ever we started, we had the honor to work with you directly. And also Rob Nutz, which has been on the show already. And we talked uh, with him a lot. Um, so it has been a, a, an amazing journey and a fun journey. But that's an intro. I'm going to shut up now. We need to go to the seven the ace list questions. And the first one, Martina, for you is what is your favorite watch or jewel and why? Yeah. As I said uh, before, uh, I had to when, when I had to pick one because when I look at my watches, I never thought which is my favorite. Uh, like looking at my children, which is my favorite. So, How many do you have, by the way? Since you're working there so long, I, I have a guess you have more than you have fingers on your hands. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> do you know how many? Let's uh, two hands, roundabout. <laughs> so, but my favorite, I must admit, is, um, and I, I, I put it to the desk, I, I, and I still have it in the original packaging, and that's why I wanted to show it to you. Look what fun stuff we did many, yeah, many, many years ago. Yeah. And it is, um, of course, what, what else could it be? Our signature model, the flagship of our collection is Tangente, mm -hmm. slim uh, and elegant watch with um, 
yeah, Bauhaus style numerals, but this one is in bright red. And uh, we did 30 different colors, uh, each limited to 100 pieces. So it was 3,000 watches, 30 different colors, each limited to 100 pieces. That's, and these were sold out exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, these were sold out within three weeks. It was Maybe. just in Germany. It was 2004. It was before we, we switched to all in-house. And, uh, and that was, were the last uh, golden finished movements, by the way. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. Uh, cool. After that, we had the, had the rhodium and stripes. Yeah. Um, and, and these yeah, were the Super 30, right? The series is called Super 30. Yeah. And uh, my my bright uh, what, what's the name of the flower poppy? My my poppy red is uh, the number one of hundred, and I really love it. And you have that one, amazing! I have that. <laughs> amazing. So by the way, so this is also one of the limited editions that goes very high over uh, over retail price uh, on uh, in the secondhand market. Amazing. So we had a lot of customers asking us, when are you making an Ace Nomos Limited with orange? So if you paid attention, guys, the screen dollar just pulled up, had orange. So maybe, yeah. guys, keep pushing. Email yeah. Martina, email Nomos, spam them. I still have an orange uh, in mind. Yeah, actually, uh, I love the color very much. Yeah, we have to Although go. Called Clementine Yelp, which is Clementine Yellow, which is orange, by the way, guys. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing, uh, Martina. Second question I have for you. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, my God. Uh, different phases, I would say. When I was little, I wanted to be a truck driver or at least being to able to drive the tractor of my uncle on the farm where we spent summer vacation. Cool. Later, it was more, I was more into literature and stuff. I, I dreamed of myself as a writer but yeah which you were as a pr yeah at least a little bit i studied german literature and communication and uh, so and uh, i know your husband makes plays right sorry your your husband is a producer of plays yeah he's he's, uh, he, he's at least i married uh, an artist uh. <laughs> so do you help him no, not at all. I just go to see the premieres and that's nice. Uh, okay, nice. But, uh, no. Nice. Amazing. So thank you for sharing that. Who is or was your role model? Very difficult question. Um, um, yeah. I thought I, uh, she died a few years ago and I, I, I Jeanne Moreau, is a, is a figure that I really adored in, in, in art and in, uh, in um, theater and, and uh, movies. Very independent character, uh, not like, uh, and, and especially in that, in that days, not the girly like Brigitte Bardot thing, very, uh, very straight and independent. And uh, yeah, that was so something I thought of. But in the industry, uh, because I thought about this question, there are not so many women. Exactly. That's her. <laughs> um, actually, 
there is a there is one of the most important uh, Japanese watch journalists is a woman. Mm-hmm. She appeared since the 90s every year since we were in Basel, since Nomos uh, exhibited in Basel every year in our booth. Uh, super super tough lady um, directing her male staff in this uh, with a low voice very strict she was very well prepared she didn't she didn't even uh, she was interested in the product there was no nothing else we didn't have distribution in japan in the early days uh, uh, we were a tiny little niche brand uh, from germany just beginners and uh, she uh, she's since the last uh, fair uh, she was every year with us uh, uh, every year covered Nomos uh, and uh, in this in this uh, macho male Japanese uh, world, especially in the watch business, she was my favorite uh, and my role model. Yeah, that's nice. So this is a shout out to her. Um, what's her name? Uh, I have. I, I, I thought about it. I I don't remember because okay. I'm so long out of the hour. I have to well, check my name, name card archive. <laughs> well, we'll Google her or we'll ask her Japanese. We'll recognize Japanese. her uh, in, in any aisle in Geneva or yeah. uh, a, a tiny a tiny little lady with super short hair. Uh, uh, and from the far, you can see that uh, she's important. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. On topic of that, we we... You're the first lady that represents a watch brand on the ACES. So that's cool. Really? And I love that. Yeah. Thank the you. women are in the minority in the industry. Therefore, on the ACE list, we had a few and they're all fun and amazing. Um, so you, you actually um, raised this topic right now and you looked up to these ladies because that's how I see you. Independent, um, strong, though righteous. Um, never strict with us, but I don't think we should that anybody should mess with you. Uh, you never tried, really. <laughs> and then talking about female journalists, I actually don't know this uh, female Japanese journalist. I know a few of the Japanese. We have some Japanese friends in the industry. Um, but you actually have an amazing female journalist in Germany, Elizabeth Dorr. Exactly. She, she also loves Nomos very much. One of my best friends in the industry. I love her. Yeah. Um, Hey, how is it to be a lady standing in this industry? And could we say that in Europe it's also a bit of a macho culture? I I would say so. Uh, I don't think I don't think in your company that's the case. I think you guys uh, are very uh, down to earth. You have a lot of ladies working there. We have a lot of ladies working there, and a lot of la- a lot of women working in uh, um, in senior roles. So it, in our company, I would say we are. We are absolutely fine. Um, nothing to complain about um, in the industry. Sure, it's a macho thing because because the what uh, the watch um, what what is what what is a luxury watch on your wrist? It's it it is mainly a man's toy or something yeah. something a man can take into the meeting room. They cannot take their sports car into the meeting room. Uh, and it's easier to to detect and to recognize as a Brioni uh, suit or 
uh, handmade shoes. You, you know, the watch, there's a brand, there's a brand name on it. Everybody sees it. Yeah. Uh, so of course, it's a, um, it's more a man's world. And, um, and so th this is all, you, you also see this in the industry. And uh, some are more, some are less. Uh, if, if, you, if you want to impress men, uh, I mean, you, um, you with your product, uh, I, I think you adapt some kind of patterns, uh, macho patterns. Uh. So it's interesting that you say that because I have two questions in the comment. One, do you guys really cultivate diversity or is Glassuta like that or the owners or the management team? Is it natural? Does it come natural? Do you guys do it proactively? Whereas the industry is lagging. I mean, only the last few years, there is a really an accent on diversity, right? In corporations. And two, the funny thing is that the industry is very much maybe as you described and why it is like that. But Nomos is not about status symbols. You guys don't have ambassadors. Your marketing is always about product and about design, you always had female watches, feminine watches. I think it became way more the last decade, especially last few years. So is that because you guys have a lot of women or is there more demand from the market? Um, I, would, I would say it really comes genuinely from, uh, um, from the people there. Uh, Roland, our owner and founder, is a very down-to-earth guy. He's uh, he um, he's not good with uh, peacocks. He, he can't. He he, he just uh, he, he himself he himself is uh, he's not a luxury guy. He, he doesn't need to impress anybody. So I I and uh, we are when you look at the history of the company, we were always focused on the product. Yeah. Uh, and and our uh, our uh, USP was always uh, great quality, uh, um, great design, reasonable price, um, fair price, yeah, fair price. Because yeah. and and this is and and then this this modesty and decency uh, is not just because. Uh, it's 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 of course it's a decision also but we when you when you look at uh, how the price um, is calculated you see that we don't have a huge sales force running around in every country yeah. with uh, with uh, uh, BMWs and uh, business class flights and five star hotels yeah. this, this cost uh, you guys actually really run like a bootstrapped startup. Still today, after so many years. Still, at least on uh, in, in in to some extent, because we we've this comes from the early days when we thought our product is really not complicated. It's, yeah. uh, it's um, we don't need to sit on our retailer's lap every month. Not not yeah. necessary. Yeah. Um, it's um, so and also on the advertising side. Uh, there are no George Clooney's to pay. Yeah. Uh, we 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 try to spend our money wisely there, and and the consumer uh, has a benefit from this. Uh, 
and he just doesn't need to pay for that. That's yeah. Amazing. Of course, it's it's not always easy because you have to play the game. You have to be visible, and uh, uh, we also need to impress people. Um, it's a balancing act. Exactly. Yeah. Not easy uh, and very different in different countries also. Yeah. So in Germany, this this uh, down-to-earth approach uh, worked very well. When you go to the Middle East, it's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Talking so, of which, talking of which, I assume Germany is the number one market, right? And then the Dach region, the D A C H region, which is Germany, Austria, Switzerland. I assume because it's Germans. Yeah, it's not easy to sell German watches to Swiss people. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but and when there are, when there are no tourists, there are not many Swiss people buying German watches. So, but Austria is really super important. Um, and, then, and then what? I think Singapore is a good market for you. You guys have a lot of love in Singapore. Japan, I think. Japan, yeah. Is is Holland as a neighbor important for you guys? Uh, yes, it is. But uh, I would I would love to see more there. Um, I'm. Um, but it's 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 a it's a decent uh, market. I'm. Yeah. Nice. And and then and I posted today. Uh, on my social media, um, the youngest female collector in the Netherlands. She's 15. And uh, we were very honored that we had the honor to to supply her first own saved-up watch, which was a Nomos. And I, I spoke a lot to her, which I find amazing that, A, she's so young and into watch and a girl, um, which we've just been discussing. But that, why Nomos? And I think you guys are consistent. You guys don't cater to trends. You do your own thing. You have your own law, your own balancing, which is Nomos. Um, but it's very much on the pulse of time that the younger generation wants simple things and design and, and qualitative and not this throwaway culture. And, and in design, they're going mad with digital screens and notifications and pop-ups. So that's an interesting trend, but I want to speak to you later about that because we're deviating. So let's quickly go to question four, okay? Okay. Something fun. We're going to daydream. If you could teleport tomorrow, where would you go? Super complicated. Uh, um, I I tend to say more to the past than to the future. I, I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> I. I think I would really like to see uh, um, Dresden and Glashütte before First World War. Yeah. So in, uh, in I would really like to see how 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 this life was there, where there there was a great prospering and uh, so so end of yeah end of nineteenth century something like that. So Dresden, is the, would be interesting. Yeah. so Dresden is the is the region where Glastetter uh, lies in. Um, uh, Saxony is actually the reason. Huh? Saxon, Saxony. Saxony. And then Dresden is is the the biggest town near Glastetter, right? The next biggest city, right? Yeah, next biggest city, and and in that region, there's a lot of manufacturing going on because I think the Pinnacle Volkswagen cars are also produced there. Exactly. Yeah, it it oh. is a region like. Like around Stuttgart, where you have Mercedes-Benz yeah. and uh, 
Porsche. Uh, lots of uh, Porsche and lots of uh, other. Uh, it's it's a region for uh, me mechanics and fine mechanics. Yeah. So, but but today we say it's a bit boring. There's not much to do. How come so much qualitative work and products are made in that region historically? Do you know why? Or could you tell us why? Um, actually, it was there was mining there, so there yeah. was some kind of uh, working with metals. Um, but m more, I wouldn't notice. Because the jewelry industry and gemstones are are located around um, uh, full time. Yeah, that's more the jewelry, diamond, and gemstones. Right. But watchmaking is really glassuter, a bit of full time, but mostly glassuter. It actually it was really Ferdinand um, Adolf Lange who bring who bring uh, watchmaking to glassuter, and it was one of the it was it was an early, I would say. It, infra uh yeah it was an early measurement by the government to help people out of poverty because yeah, mining, yeah. mining was down people had no work there uh and uh and the king of saxony gave gave lange some money alone not uh to be paid back yeah <laughs> uh, to to found uh um a, a watchmaking industry in glasshütte so, and he was he was before the the um, courts uh, the, the king's courts watchmaker in Dresden, but he was also traveling around. Uh, he, he was also traveling to England, where watchmaking was big at that time and back. Yeah. And, and that was the founding of the industry, eighteen hundred forty-five. And from that time on, uh, fine watchmaking came from Glashütte and from nowhere else in Germany. Interesting. Because in Switzerland, it's, it's because of the mountains and they got stuck in the mountains, the farmers in the winter. So that organically grew like that. And merchants, exactly. in England was primary. U.S. had its own industry. France had its industry, but Swiss was lagging. And, 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 and the German story is rather unknown. So it's very interesting. But um, everybody who loves watches and, and, and or Germany or travels there, I highly recommend it. You can obviously drive there, take a train. We flew to Dresden, I think. You can fly to Prague. It's all near each other. It's really on the border. Yeah, it's close to Berlin as well because you guys have a design studio in Berlin, Berliner Blau, which means Berliner Blue. Um, okay, cool. I highly recommend to go there. Uh, Lange is literally the neighbor of Nomos and all the watchmakers are there. There's a museum there, so that's cool. Um, and, and obviously well if you're- Come and visit. Yeah, and, 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 and we're working with Ace on a manufacturer visit, so. As soon as the world is a bit more healthy, we're working on it. Question five. I assume you read a lot. What book are you currently reading or what book this year really stood out for you? Uh, actually, I just began what I wanted to read for years now since it came out. Uh, I'm a big fan of Paul Auster. Yeah. Uh, since, uh, um, and since 2007 when... 4321 came out. It's the big brick. Uh, what, it, it is. It is late. It is his latest uh, uh, big work. Uh, I wanted to read it, and that, that's. I, I'm. I'm just on the first uh, 50 pages now, but that's my thing for Christmas. Yeah. Nice. Paul Auster. And well, since well, we have a lot to do with the, the states, uh, and I'm. I'm. I'm working with the U.S. team at the time as yeah. well. So it's, yeah. it's good. To, 
to dive into American thinking as well. Interesting. I have to check this out. And since you studied literature, for those that don't read German literature, what is the one book that if they want to get into it, that they should read? Oof, I'm a big Thomas Mann fan. Okay. I would, I would read Woodenbrocks. Okay. Or um, Death in Venice. Yeah. Or, but Woodenbrocks is a very German story. Mm -hmm. um, what else? I actually don't know this one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read this one. I got into Japanese uh, literature uh, this year, last year, which was interesting. So good tip, thank you so much. So, Murakami, yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Norwegian wood. Sorry. Norwegian wood. I started. Norwegian wood. Yeah, I think I ha I read nearly every Murakami book. He's he's one of the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, he's a genius. It was uh, very captivating, very emotional. Yeah, it's, it's like 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 uh, seeing a movie. You're you're just yeah. rushing through his books. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Six question, Martina. You guys love color. What do you think is going to be the color for 2021? Oof. So I just saw that Pantone published the color of 2020, yeah. which which is two colors, yeah. <laughs> gray and yellow. Yeah. I think the yellow was a bit cold, but no. I'm, um, yeah, a, uh, a warm red. Look at that. That's it. Yeah. And uh, if we go the Pantone way, I would combine it with uh, some kind of forest green. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah, it. Yellow is a bit cold indeed. Thank you for showing that, Dala. All right. Final question. Rhetorical, because you've been to Amazon, obviously. Mm -hmm. But what's your favorite memory? Amsterdam. Poo. The first thing that comes to my mind is the beautiful, beautiful Rijksmuseum. Uh -huh. I just love this building. When I when I stand in the courtyard and look to this uh, construction, uh, the the ceiling, the lights there. Uh, just not speaking about um, the art. It's. Uh -huh. Yeah, you're not talking about what's hanging inside, you're talking about the building. It, it, what's hanging inside is, of course, uh, super nice too. There are yeah. many, many, many things uh, I love, but just entering the building is all... Yeah, it's all stunning. And I have the... I, I'm fortunate enough every time... Every people. time I walk in inside the door, I see the building. So I it's know, stunning. I know. And that's... Uh, actually, I always go there when I visit you. Nice. <laughs> Just one step inside, not even buying a ticket, is 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 already heartwarming. Yeah. So beautiful. It's mesmerizing. It has a lot to do with um, um, with our design idea. This roof. Okay, so let's you know what? Let's use this as a bridge now. Okay. We both obviously like architecture. We like design. We like art. Let's talk about Bauhaus and Deutsches Bundeswerk, what they both yeah. are. Deutscher Werkbund. Werkbund, yeah, I always confuse it. Don't go for Bundeswehr, that's something it's, different. It's, no, 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 not Bundeswehr. <laughs> but I, I translate it from Dutch, you see, it's a different grammar. Um, what, is, what are they and what are the similarities and differences? Because a lot of people intertwine them or mix them or don't know the difference. 
I would, it, it's not so complicated. It's just the, the Deutsche Werkbund is some kind of a, uh, it, 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 um, it came up in the same in the sa at the same in the same time uh, in, in which is what the 1910s 1920s 1910s 1920s when artists uh, craftsmen like like uh, car what what is it in in English it's car carpenter is the working with wood yeah carpenters yeah uh, and uh, they came together and wanted to wanted to get rid of all this decor stuff. Uh, to produce quality stuff with the uh, yeah with with the design they they dreamed of clear uh, simple and the Deutsche Werkbund um, was uh, in Dresden Bauhaus a little bit later in Dessau but it was the same it was the same kind of um, initial thought. Yeah, the philosophy, what I've learned always when I grew up, because in Tel I, I, my roots lie in Tel Aviv, and in Tel Aviv is nicknamed the White City. Yeah. When they built up Tel Aviv, the immigrants that came after First World War, before the Second World War, they a lot of them were German immigrants. And they built up Tel Aviv, and Tel Aviv is, is an open-air museum, because mm -hmm. the majority is Bauhaus. So Bauhaus and right. white because of the heat. So I grew up with that and I loved that. And, and only later I learned that it was German. <laughs> and, and because the Dutch love the style, people link the style to Bauhaus, but it's different, but they're cousins. It's, uh, it's, it's super complicated to explain this in two sentences in a brand presentation to somebody yeah. who never heard yeah. about it. Yeah. That's why I always uh, sum it up with modernism. Yeah. Because this movement, you can see all over the world that architects, artists, uh, and craftsmen uh, wanted to create new stuff, modern stuff, without the old uh, uh, decor uh, heavy. Um, um, and if you call it Bauhaus or Deutsche Werkbund or this style or how was it called in the States? You have the same movement there as well. I don't even know what it's called, but I think that a bit later, though, were the Eames couple. Exactly. But it's, they were a bit later. But it is all the same. It, it's, it all comes from the, from the same uh, strive to yeah. be modern, to get yeah. rid of, old, of the old stuff. Of the yeah, so what I, I always say to people is it's indeed work modern. With material. Yeah. Qualitative, uh, useful, so long and dern, less is more, and practical. And also and mass produced. And but at high quality. And yes. then so at reasonable pricing. It, it's, uh, this was especially for the Deutsche Werkbund in Dresden, very important that use uh, crafts technique uh, where it's needed. But use industrial industrial uh, production me methods where it makes the product better and yeah. more affordable. Yeah, so yeah, amazing. And, and what I explain also, and that's why we speak about Scandinavian design, Dutch design, German design, the Nordics, the Nord Europe, that where the southern countries came from. Let's say Jugendstil in England, Victorian. We went to Art Nouveau, Art Deco. 
that's a bit more sudden and they were a bit in parallel and blending a bit and uh, and that's why I explained and that's why our countries are known for the less is more style and I think that's the the, the the pedigree still a century later I think that's the DNA also in Holland and okay. and, yeah. and how do you guys translate it to watches today I think the tangent is the biggest embodiment of it exactly so because the, of the lugs also the numerals um, people was, need to see there was the idea of four watches a, a round one with Arabic numerals around one with Roman numerals around one with only indices and mm -hmm. a square one mm -hmm. so that was the idea for the first collection mm -hmm. and the 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 goal was to make it every single of these four as uh, yeah perfect but also simple and elegant as possible so that it can be some kind of prototype of this kind of watch here they Blueprint, are Blueprint, you mean i guess and um and the uh, the tangente uh when you look at that there was a there was an old lange watch from the 20s in one of the what? history books which uh um which had this kind of style yeah. funny enough it was a it was a dial that has been produced has been mass produced and also sold to many other companies yeah but But we founded this, um, 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 yeah, this aesthetics perfect for, for our ideas. And that's how Tangente um, came up. And this cylindrical case and the edgy horn uh, lugs, and uh, that's all uh, from this moder modernist design idea. Yeah. Uh, and basically, Ludwig. The Ro with Roman numerals, uh, Orion and Tetra kind of followed yeah. uh, uh, this idea. Yeah. But uh, each of them with, the, with its own case style, so it's not just repeated. And uh, Orion, for instance, very streamlined and also with a dome sapphire. And you see Tetra is a real square, not a rectangle. And in Uh, in terms of numerals uh, and also the uh, uh, the edgy case, kind of the square sister of Tangente. Yeah, stunning. So, Martina, we're chatting and chatting. I'm still in the collection. Yeah. With, without uh, uh, visible changes, I would say. Yeah. Indeed. And we still sell them well. We stock them always because I love them, including the Tetra. It's one of the few real square watches. But Martina, we're chatting and chatting like we always do, especially on Fridays. Your We're question. running out of time because we tried to keep this show under an hour. Therefore, I knew we needed to do at least two, three normal episodes for today's list. I see the comments slowly pouring in. I want to give our viewers at least 30 minutes to, okay. to ask questions and for you to answer. I really, really need you back on the show because we can go on for hours. Dala, can I look at you and ask you to pump out some questions of our viewers? First one. This is our friend, William, who writes on YouTube. We see a lot of collaborations at many brands. Do you think this is to stay in the industry and then in brackets and also at Nomos? Collaborations in terms of uh, limited edition models like with Ace? Definitely. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. It is, uh, 
I mean, that's the beauty of being an independent uh, watchmaking manufacturer. You can, you can just build whatever you want. <laughs> uh, and, um, and it's, it's, a, it's a, just a very, very nice process also to, to develop something like that together. Uh, we, we, we can cater to the, the needs of a local, uh, yeah, a, a local customer, like in what you just uh, showed in Singapore with uh, chi Chinese numerals or stuff like that. And also uh, your Amsterdam watches. I, I think we will go on to do that. Of course, we have to carefully choose. And uh, Alon, you know, we do that. You, we know exactly what we want to do and what we don't want to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, we will go, go on with that. It's uh, OK, it's thank you. And thank you, William. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's also, it, it, it uh, strengthens the bonds to the brand of your, uh, your uh, co uh, watch community in, in Amsterdam and, and the Netherlands. Uh -huh. and, uh, why not do it? It's, I mean, watches should be fun. It's not. Uh, I totally agree with you. It needs to be fun. Well put. Thank you, Martina and William. Next question, please, Dala. Oh, this is uh, our friend, Michiel, who founded the uh, Watch Fan Club, Nomi's. Hi, Michiel. And we see his uh, tri-collab we did. That's our, our most recent limited edition with Nomos, together with Michiel. Uh, that's a club campus at the back. He asks the $1 million question. Can we expect more lambdas in steel on YouTube? Um, and is showing now, his Instagram handle. For now, I would say no. Okay. Um, I mean, we launched uh, the Golden Lambda in 2013. So, yeah. and it was only the jubilee of 175 years watchmaking in Glashütte that we dared to put it in steel mm -hmm. because um, it is... Uh, At the beginning, it, it, uh, we were asked this very, very often, when will you do it in steel? And we thought it kind of devaluates the, the golden and uh, the rose gold and white gold models. Uh, when we put this, uh, this super, super special movement in steel. Um, and also the price point uh, was very difficult because the value is definitely in the movement. Yeah. Um, but opinion, I guess we, what, what, what Dal is showing us are the three limited editions you guys did yeah. in and the second round to celebrate the 175th anniversary of watchmaking in Glasshütte. Exactly. It sold out instantly. We instantly. got overloaded by requests still today. So I hope, Michiel, she answered your question. But don't worry, Michiel, we're going to drive her mad, either to have it in the regular collection or an ace Oh, no oh, more collab. Oh. Okay, next question, Dala. <laughs> Dala ah. is asking, can you share something about the case material of the Brinker's limited edition? Ah, Dean will love that. More of that in the future. So, by the way, Dala, good question. I loved this limited. This was my 
maybe fifth favorite. Obviously, the two ace ones were my favorite. Then the two limiteds you guys did for 175 years. But this one blew me out of the water. I never heard of Brinkers. But because of this limited edition, I salute Brinkers. I love satin-finished watches. I think this was the first time you ever did it for Nomos. Exactly. And uh, Brinkers is one of, uh, yeah, our... Uh, best partners in the US, uh, yeah. somewhere in Indiana, they, they managed to build a, a super, super cool retail and fa fan base there. Yeah. Um, they will turn, uh, they will have a 50 years jubilee uh, in, in three years. So this is the, this is kind of, there will be a countdown of limited editions to that jubilee. This is number yeah. 48, next year will be 49 and then yeah. 50. And yeah. uh, um, our partner at Brinkers, uh, Dean, he wanted to obviously have something very special, something uh, outstanding, what we never did, uh, and came up with the mate finish, which he also uh, adores. And we were very skeptical in the beginning because we decided uh, for polished finish because... Um, of the um, when time and, and wearing um, um, a mated finish case, it, it becomes polished parts where you where you often rub uh, and uh, and it's it's also it's it's it's, it's uh, less expensive to buy in a polished case is easy. Uh, uh, sorry, um, a, a mate finish is, is a, bl a blasted uh, finish is, is super easy. Polishing is much more work, much more labor. Uh, but when you have a scratch, you can repolish it, and then it's it's nice again. Yeah. That's why we never. That's why we never did uh, mate. But we found uh, uh, to we researched. Um, what we could do, I mean, we sometimes do experiments. Uh, you might remember the mate black cases with this yeah. PVD thing. Uh, was a very bad idea, but uh, some, sometimes we, we do stuff like that. Um, and we found a way of hardening a mate finished case once again after, after, yeah. after the blasting. Interesting. Uh, and, um, and that's what we did. Um, and I don't see. I, I don't think that we will see made finish in the collection very soon. I can't imagine it. it, it Maybe a matte titanium ace collab. <laughs> okay, Dada, thank you for that, and uh, congratulations, Brinkers, no, but, for making yeah, that with you guys. I love very, that one. Very nice uh, variation of club. I and the gray, the gray with the bluish and reddish accents is really nice. That's cool. It's cool. And, and it surprised me they took the California off, but it worked. So the California dial. Anyways, next question, Dala, please. Somebody who couldn't be live on the show sent in a question beforehand and asks, where are when are you launching a chronograph watch? Chrono, chrono. Oh, how many years I have been asked this question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm... We don't have one in the pipeline, I can say. Yeah. Um, we are, we, Nomos is more into kind of useful complications. Yeah. 
uh, we found that the uh, our version of the, the outside the, the GMT watch uh, is such a thing and then you know then our it's we don't really see the sense in a chronograph um, so I think it will take us a long time. So I don't work see in progress. Basically work in progress. Thank you for uh, sharing that. Any uh, more questions, Dale? I think he's selecting because I still I still see them pouring in. This is our friend Rocky has the Watch 4 crew asks on YouTube any plans for more sports watches perhaps with an integrated seal bracelet question mark and a bigger case question mark Even out of the comfort than... zone and then probably an emoticon that got lost in translation uh, bigger than 41 oh my god or 42 i no i i don't see that we go bigger first thing and an integrated steel bracelet i don't see either the next few years it took us it took us 20 years to uh, find a bracelet that we think fits our style so uh, give us 10 more for an integrated one <laughs> so it's funny that he writes that about the comfort zone because he's a true ace ambassador a, a big watch collector and fan although it was out of his comfort zone for the love of ace he is one of the few that has all five ace limited editions Woo. yeah so but that's why he speaks about comfort zone <laughs> yeah Thank you, Rocky, for asking. Dala, I think we have uh, time for one more. One or two quick ones. Another question that was sent in to us. Are you making another limited edition with Ace in 2021? Oh, that's the $2 million question. That's, uh, yeah, we. I would say we are negotiating, no? <laughs> we, we never negotiate. It all goes natural. We're brainstorming. <laughs> In an open and transparent way. Let's put it that way. Brainstorming. For all the viewers, trust us. We spam Martina. We drive her quest. We drive her mad. So working on it. Another question from Rash Patel on YouTube. He asks, "Will the Dunkel Club come back into production?" Good question, Rash. Mm, it just phased out. Um, <laughs> I I don't see it. We uh, right now we really try to cut down the the core collection to something around uh, 70, 75, I think it's now. Um, so it's, it's always, yeah, challenging to when, when, when the collection is blowing up, it's, I mean, you know, it as a retailer. Yeah. What, you need to make selections. Yeah. And uh, you need to make space for new stuff. Exactly. So well, I, I, I would love to go for a new one. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. Martina, I want to thank you very much. You were the pre-last one. Next week, we're doing the last show of the year in season one. We uh, took on exclusively in the Netherlands, Italian fine jewelry brand Vercarlo. So the owner and CEO is coming online. I want to thank you very, very, very much. I had uh, great thank fun. Thank you very much for having me. It was big fun, as always. Um, as always, I enjoy talking to you always. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And uh, I most probably will speak to you before, but Happy New Year already for you and your loved ones. Thank you. The same to you. Auf Wiedersehen. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>